Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. The Bible says, and it shall be when he shall be guilty in one of these things, the references to some, some sins that have been noted in the previous verses, a list of certain ones were mentioned. So it's referring back to those that if a man was guilty in one of those things, one of those sins, that he shall confess that he has sinned in that thing. And he shall bring his trespass offering into the Lord for his sin, which he has sinned, a female from the flock, a lamb or a kid of the goats for a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his sin. And if he be not able to bring a lamb, then he shall bring for his trespass, which he hath committed two turtle doves or two young pigeons unto the Lord, one for a sin offering, the other for a burn offering. Skipping down to verse 11. But... If he be not able to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, then he that sinned shall bring for his offering the tenth part of an ephah, of an ephah, a fine flour for a sin offering, and he shall put no oil upon it, neither shall he put any frankincense thereon, for it is a sin offering. It is a sin offering. So the prescription of Scripture is this, if a person had sinned in these particular affairs, that he should confess and that he should bring a sacrifice to make repairs for the sin that he had committed. The standard was given that he should bring a female lamb or a kid of the goats, but the Bible declares in verse 7, if he be not able to bring then two turtle doves or two pigeons, and then it specifies if he not be able to bring that. That he could bring a tenth of a deal of ephah, of fine flour, unto the Lord. This morning, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to minister this. If you're not able, if you're not able, I want God to help us today. I know we have several people out due to varying circumstances, but I'm asking you this morning to intentionally just lean in for a little while. Amen. Let's see what the Lord would say to us through his word. Father, I come to you today. God, I recognize, Lord, that we in and of ourselves are nothing. But God, you chose, Lord, the inadequacy of men and women to showcase your glory. And you put treasure in earthen vessels. So, God, I'm asking today that your purpose and your will would be... Lord, accomplished and done, Lord, in this house today. Lord, I pray, Jesus, you would make an aware every mind and bring, Lord Jesus, an awareness, God, to your people, Lord, in this house. Help us, God, to be sensitive, Lord, to the will of your spirit. God, I pray, oh, Lord Jesus, speak through your word. It is an alive word, God, and it's capable, Lord, of speaking something into our lives today. If we'll allow it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen and amen. The church say amen. 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 You may be seated this morning in Jesus' name. As Brother Mason used to all times say, that is a courtesy and not a command. 
Look at your neighbor and say, if you're not able. If you're not able. I think it's an old Latin word that meant handy. It meant something that you already had or had a hold on. If you were not able. Throughout the scripture, there were certain things that the Bible uh, brought about as ability being a qualification uh, for an individual to practice or involve themselves in certain aspects of life. For instance, there was certain qualifications that had to be met for men of war. The Bible gave a broad brush, if you will, painting for the qualifications for men of war that they were 20 years old and upward. That, that seemed to be a certain qualification. In order to be a man of war, you at least had to be 20 years old of age but it did not stop there you read the scripture and it will say that that man then not only must be 20 years of age and upward but he must be able to fight it must be within his power within his skill within his resources in order to fight it's not good enough just that he is 20 years old but he must have the ability to fight in other places, it's said that those men of war must be able to put on armor. I mean, it goes to reason. It doesn't matter if he was 40 years old. If he lost his skill or his ability in order to harness on himself the, the tools and the instrumentation needed for doing battle and warfare, then he was not able to participate in battle. It also says that one must be able, a man of war must be able to bear a buckler or a sword or be able to shoot a bow. And so ability is a big factor here. Uh, you can have somebody 50 years old and maybe they've been a great warrior of time past, but if they are without the instruments, they, 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 they're not able to hold a sword because they don't have a sword to hold. Uh, they're not able to hold a shield because there's no shield within their hand that they have a hold on that, that's handy to them that they can make use of. And above all, it says they must be able to be skillful in war. You can call anybody to be a soldier, but not everybody's going to be skillful. A lot of people can fit the, vid, the bill of some descriptions, but they might not be of the top of their class or the most prominent and the most skillful in whatever it is that they have been called to do. So, so the age qualification in these matters may have been met, but there was more than that. They had to be able to fight, arm themselves, or they had to be able to be skillful in what they were doing. And so that was the ability, if you will, for warfare. But there were also ability was judged and ability was scrutinized also for sacrifice we read in Leviticus we are we are just starting here into the book of Leviticus we have just just recently left Exodus where the tabernacle has has been finished and the glory of the Lord has encompassed the tabernacle and filled that house so much so that the Bible says that Moses was not able to go into there because the presence of the Lord was so overwhelmingly strong upon the tabernacle in Exodus. Amen. And yet it was that tabernacle that it would be the place where God would interact 
with mankind. It would be the medium, if you will, whereby God and man would have interaction with one another and a relationship with one another. And it was based upon the sacrifices that were prescribed in the book of Leviticus, that those different sacrifices that are mentioned and the details concerning the proper way and the proper procedure for offering the sacrifice that a man could maintain his relationship with God or that a man could even cultivate further his relationship with God or even better than that these sacrifices some of them were means in ways that if a man was outside of relationship with God was not in relationship with God had had no 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 communion or interaction with God there were a couple sacrifices in my mind particularly that were set up so that a man that was outside of relationship with God could mend his relationship with God could come into a place of interaction and communion with God. Much of Leviticus, the first 10 chapters, consists of nothing more but sacrifice and the, the details and the procedures of sacrifices. Amen. They're telling us about different offerings that were to be brought, what was required, what was acceptable unto the Lord for a burn offering or a meal offering, what was acceptable for a peace offering which those three all meant an individual was just cultivating and keeping and securing more and more the relationship with God but then there were other offerings like the sin offering and the trespass offering that we read of and the requirements and the animals and the sacrifices that had to be brought and what had to be done to those sacrifices in order for a man that was estranged from God didn't know God didn't have a relationship with God. What he must do in order to secure through his sacrifice a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone say amen. It was in particularly in Leviticus 5 that we read in 4 and 5 that we read of the sin offering and the trespass offering that a person would bring these offerings and in doing so their hope was this. The end goal of bringing the offering is that the priest then through the means of their offering they would achieve atonement with God. They would achieve atonement with the Lord that the priest could somehow take what they have brought, take what they have offered and secure atonement for them. It was through their sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. It is through their sacrifice that their wrong, that their infraction, that their mistake could be repaired. It's that 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 the gap that would come between them and God because of their, their sin and their trespass and their iniquity. It could be repaired because of the sacrifice that they brought. Now God though was very specific. He did not just say just bring whatever's on your mind and I'll accept it but he prescribed what was necessary to be brought in order to right the wrong that they had done in their life. And if they brought what was proper in the sight of God, there would be a reconciliation between that man and his God. It could be secured because of the sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. The sacrifice that he brought. And so when we read the scripture of Leviticus, particularly of the sin offering and the trespass offering, we understand this, that atonement, can only be made on the basis of sacrifice. But sacrifice can only be brought on the basis of a person's ability. 
And so if we follow that path, that atonement depends on sacrifice. But sacrifice depends on ability. We can make a straight line, if you will, that atonement was based upon an individual's ability. Just walk with me here just for a moment. And so over and over again, we see in the listing of these sacrifices, we see that the priest makes atonement for people because of the sacrifice that they were able to bring to the Lord. Again, don't misunderstand me today. Amen. They couldn't just bring anything they decided to. It had to be what was prescribed by the Lord. But even in those things that the Lord prescribed, we see that oftentimes God, because of the inability of the man or the inability of the person, God had to make concessions. He had to bring the sacrifice to a level low enough that a man would be able to bring it. Someone say amen. Amen. In other words, there were times he prescribed a certain sacrifice, but because the man had not the ability, had not the money, had not the ability to barter, had not the ability to afford the sacrifice, God says, I'm going to bring down the requirement for the sacrifice, for your atonement, so that you can be able to bring what is needful and necessary in order to get back into good standing and relationship with me so you and I can be Reconciled. Someone say amen. amen. In the scriptures, you'll find the, the sacrifices and the offerings for a priest or perhaps the leader of an Israel. They may seem to be more, amen, of a greater account like a ram, amen, rather than turtle doves for somebody else because no doubt they are the leaders in a spiritual sense and they're the leaders, if you will, of the nation. And that is not by no means uh, 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 being unfair. The Bible tells us, well, to whom much is given, much is required. So we lean on the fact that maybe a priest should have to bring something a little bit more or a leader of the nation of Israel may have to bring something just a little bit more but whenever we come to the sacrifices and the offerings and the offerings for the sacrifices those offerings, listen to me now those offerings did not change according to the offense it's not that somebody did a gross deed and they were going to have to bring a larger sacrifice for this gross deed compared to someone just lying over here no, 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 the the, the sacrifice and the offering did not differ according to the offense but what we do learn today is that the sacrifices did change according to the means or the ability of the offerer it's not like there's more sacrifice over here to cover adultery than there has to be over here to cover someone lying. No, 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 no. He, the prescription was the same. But if it was going to differ anywhere, it was going to be in the place when the offerer, when the one who is the sinner, was not able to bring what was required. And when he was not able to bring what was required, God said, I'll take less, but still count it as though it was. Someone say amen. amen. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Come on. We see it. I may preach before I'm done. If not, I'll just talk. In Leviticus 12, we see this not only in 5, but we see it in Leviticus 12. Whenever a woman has brought forth a child, she is unclean, whether it be a male or a female, a certain number of days. 
And after her uncleanness, she is to go through a means of purification, a time of purification after having a child. Whenever a woman had a child, if it was a male child, seven days after she had that male child, she was considered unclean. If she had a female, 14 days after that female was born, she was unclean. You're going to find out that she had to go through a lot more purification and times of uncleanliness with a female than she did a male. There's just some places in Scripture you got to underline some things, folks. I'm telling you right now. Seven days unclean with a male. Fourteen days unclean with a female. With a male, she had to go through a period of time of purifying of 33 days. But with a female, twice as much, 66 days. So in all, with a male, she had 40 days she was out. But with a female, she had 80 days. I don't know what that's saying. You draw your own conclusion. But I do know this according to Leviticus chapter number 12 that whether it be son or whether it be daughter, whether it be male or whether it be female, the offering required for the woman to get back into a good stage with God because she was unclean. Now she needs to be made clean so she can have communion with the Holy One. The offering for whether it be male or female was the same. He says, when you come in the day of your cleansing, he says, I want you to bring a lamb of the first tier for a burnt offering and a pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. But he notes something even in this in verse 8. He says, but if she be not able to bring a lamb, then you just bring two young turtle doves or two pigeons. In other words, if you're not able to bring what's required, I'll lower the requirement so that you can have communion. I'll lower the requirement so we can have interaction. I'll lower the requirement so we can be reconciled with one another. If you're not able, someone say glory. Not just with the woman of Leviticus 12, but in Leviticus 14, we read much concerning a leper and leprosy and how you come to a place of deciphering what is leprosy and what is not leprosy. And then there is a mode given for the cleansing of the leper. This was never used in the Old Testament. Amen. Not throughout the Old Testament. We don't see even Naaman after he gets his leprosy because he was of, not of the Jews, but he was a Syrian, the Bible says. This was never used all throughout the Old Testament. And until you get to the New Testament where the one that was cleansed of his leprosy came back and talked to the Lord and was made whole and Christ said go to the priest and show him the things that you have brought for the cleansing of your leprosy. This was never used before but the prescription is in the Bible. The Bible says they would go through a cleansing for eight days and on the eighth day listen to that the leper had to bring two he lambs without blemish one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish. Now let me pause here and say, this is someone that has been ostracized by his community, set outside of the city gates. He has been in isolation except for those that are just like himself. Unless he had a family that was very dear to him or rather he was dear to them, there's a great possibility that after he has contracted this leprosy and went through his years of isolation, he quite possibly may have lost job, family, and any semblance of life or ownership of anything. But it's required of him 
that he should bring two he lambs without blemish, one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish, three tenth deals of fine flour with oil, and one log of oil. If I have been in exile of leprosy for ten years, I'm telling you now, and had no interaction with anybody except was a leper, three lambs are going to be hard to come by. Three-tenth deals of fine flour. I'm lucky to get scraps that's thrown over the wall. With all of this in mind, though, this man's skin has been cleared up. The cleansing, the, the offering of his cleansing is coming. He's about ready to be initialized back into the community and a relationship with God. And the Bible says in verse 21 of Leviticus 14, and if he be Paul, can't work, you can't work with anybody but the leper colony. He says if he be poor and cannot get so much, if he can't get three lambs, if he can't get three-tenths a deal of fine flour and a log of oil, if he can't do this, he said if that's the case, he said he can just bring one lamb and he can just bring one-tenth a deal of fine flour. He can just have one log of oil and where the other lambs can't come, he can at least bring a couple turtle doves or a couple of pigeons. The Bible says such as he can get. He can just bring such as he can get, even such as he is able Even such as he is able to, a leper who, who's losing appendages and fingers and noses and ears because of the severity of the disease that is ravaging his body. He is in a place of being destitute. He is in a place of being all but forgotten. He is on a very direct path, if you will, to death. But somehow a cleansing has come. And now he wants to get back into good standing with his family and community and his God. And yet there's such and such required. But God says, if you can't meet it, I'll make a concession. Just whatever you can get. Whatever you're able to. Someone say amen. amen. Yes. The last verse of that chapter states this. This is the law of him in whom is the plague of leprosy. Whose hand is not able. To get that which pertaineth to his cleansing. There's something I think bound up in that singular verse. That God is prescribing here. He's saying this man is not able to get what's really required for his cleansing. But I'll lower the requirement so that he might get cleansed. That has been the story throughout the Old Testament. Men and women have an insufficient provision to bring what was required for their cleansing. For the forgiveness of their sin. For making atonement for their infraction. There is the idea that's constantly through the Old Testament. That men would not be able to bring what was required. But God, even in the Old Testament, was making provision for their insufficient means. All the way back even Leviticus. By lowering the standard of what was required. So that men might have, if you will, the gap of the relationship between them and God sealed up. Someone say amen. amen. All right. That's all right. We got time. It's raining. You ain't doing nothing outside anyway. To further underscore and to mark this, if you'll go to Leviticus 25, 
I'm trying to drive something in our spirit here first of all today. Leviticus 25, it is speaking about man or families that throughout their lifetime may have had to sell possessions, even land, for the purpose of just living. They had to make some type of exchange. Money, per se, was not there, but they had collateral, if you will, by having land and possession. And many times there would be the selling of land or possession in order to get the money, if you will, to do what they needed to do. And there were other times whenever land and possession, all has been sold, all has been lost. And the only thing that they had left was themselves. And there have been men and women, the Old Testament had to sell son or daughter. Remember the woman who had a couple of sons and the creditors had come, the Bible said, to take her sons away because her sons were going to be the collateral for the exchange of what she needed in order to continue and to live. And so there came some positions sometimes in people's lives when all the possessions that they had had already been exchanged, that all that they had left was their own person, was themselves. And many times they showed themselves to be indentured servants or slaves to another so that they could just keep on living their life. And there was, there was a, a plea, there was, there was a, a, a stanza, if you will, a clause that in the year of Jubilee, in the 50th year, that all things would be returned to the owners, their land, and their people. But if a person desired to have their land back or themselves back before the year of Jubilee, that individual had to have some means of redemption. And verse 25, verse number 49 of Leviticus 25 is telling us what was necessary. If an individual wanted to get redeemed, the Bible says either his uncle or his uncle's son may redeem him or any that is nigh of kin unto him of his family may redeem him or if he be able, he may redeem himself. Notice, it, the, the writer did not start out with the man may redeem himself and if he's not able to, he can see an uncle or some kin or some relative. That's not how it starts because I believe the story is being told. It would not be very likely that a man could redeem himself. I believe the writer situated, God situated his stuff because it wasn't like first on the list that a man could probably or have the ability, the power or the will or the resources in order to redeem himself. But what God was writing in scripture, in order for the redemption of a man to take place, it's probably gonna lie outside of himself. It's probably gonna have to be a relative or a kin or somebody else. If he be able, he can do it. But I know the ability of man. I've made concessions all through the Old Testament just for him to have relationship with me because he wasn't able to bring what was necessary. Someone say glory. Everybody doing okay? We're still in Leviticus. In Leviticus, though, we start reading the scripture. He says if a man has done these particular sins, if he has erred in any one of these ways, then that man, he is guilty of that sin. He's guilty of those things. And that he must confess. That's a great step toward forgiveness. That's a great step, if you will, towards bridging the gap between God and man. And that is confessing your wrongs. That is confessing, amen, for your, 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 your infraction and what you have done wrong. He says that man must 
confess. The Bible tells us in Romans that with the mouth that confession is made into salvation. It is necessary that there is confession that should and ought to be made. He must confess in the thing that he has sinned. But secondly, he says that he must bring an offering. And the offering that was prescribed was a female of the lambs or a kid of the goats. And he says when they bring the sacrifice, then the priest will make atonement that they can have relationship with God again. But he knew, he knew the proclivity of the man. He knew the ability of the man. He said, if he be not able, if he can't bring a lamb, then he can bring a couple turtle doves or he can bring a couple pigeons. Someone say amen. By and large, a bird is far more plentiful than the lamb. By and large, a bird would be of lesser value, if you will, than a lamb. By and large, for the middle class, greater middle class of the Old Testament, perhaps they could get their hands on a couple of turtle doves or a couple of pigeons. I know that they may have been a little bit poor, but sure, but sure they could be able to get their hands on something like that. See, God was making a concession for them. God was making a concession for them in their life that even though they could not afford could not if you will work for barter trade if you will for lamb if you just get your hands on a couple turtle doves or a couple of pigeons then I'll make sure that you have atonement with me he wanted us to know that money could not buy our way into this and money could not keep our way out of this either he says I'll make a, a, a concession if you're not able to bring it then I'll lower the requirement he says if you can't bring if you're not able though he says, if you're not able, though, to bring a turtle dove, if you're not able to bring a couple of pigeons, he says, that's all right. If you can't bring those things, he says, if you're not able to bring those things, just bring a tenth of a deal of ephah, a fine flour. Come on. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Now, folks, I've read everything under the sun for ephah. It is so topsy-turvy it's anywhere from to a couple of pints to three three quarters three quarters of a quart it's all over the place but what I'm telling you is this it's not much it's not much he said just a tenth part of an ephah of flour if you're not able to bring a lamb if you're not able to bring turtle doves or two young pigeons just bring the tenth of an ephah of flour and I'll accept it and you'll get atonement as though it was the lamb. Just bring this, but if you're not able, then I'm going to put it down here on this shelf where you might be able to reach it. Where you might be able to obtain. He says, now don't put any oil on that. Don't put any frankincense on that. That's good for a meal offering. He said, but we don't want no oil on this because oil brought a, a savory taste, if you will, to the meal. And this is representative of your sin. So we don't want no oil on it. It's not to taste good. Don't put no frankincense on it because that brings a pleasant aroma. Amen. To it. This is a representative of your sin. So don't put that on because this ain't supposed to taste good and it's not supposed to smell good. This is a sacrifice and this is the limit that I'm going to so that you can have an atonement with me. Someone say amen. Watch it. Lamb, there's blood. Turtle doves, there's blood. But there's no blood in flour. 
There's no blood and flour. But God, for these people, the Old Testament is saying, if you can't bring an animal with some blood, which Hebrews said about the shedding of blood, there is no remission. But in the Old Testament, God's saying, if you can't bring an animal with some blood and you at least bring some flour, he said, I'll count it as blood. I'm willing to stoop low. I'm willing to stoop low in order to reach you. I'm willing to stoop low in order to bridge the gap. I'm willing to stoop low in order to repair your sin. I'm willing to stoop. Someone say amen. Someone say glory. And so, if you're not able to bring a lamb, bring a couple turtle doves. If you're not able to bring a couple turtle doves, then bring a tenth of a deal of ephah, a fine flour. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm asking myself this question today. It would seem as throughout the scripture here that the bar, the bar had been lowered enough that all, that all of mankind, surely anybody could meet the demand of a tenth of a deal of fine flour. But the reality of the matter is this. The reality of the matter is this. Whether he brought a lamb or whether he brought a turtle dove or whether he brought a tenth a deal of fine flour. Honestly today they folks out of all those things no matter what he brought we got to understand honestly that the man was never able to meet the sacrifice that was demanded to repair sin. That was really needed in order to conquer sin. That was needed to take care of sin. Someone say amen. If a man be able, he could redeem himself. But the fact of the matter is, man is not able. Someone say amen. We'd think anybody could get that lesser sacrifice. Anybody could bring that. And I know that God was reaching for those to make it accessible to all. But in my mind's eye, I cannot but believe that somewhere along the journey, there was even some old boy or lady that was so, if you will, done in with their life, had been so much raped by the world and by life itself that they were at wit's end. And they seemingly really did not have anything to offer. They didn't have a lamb. They didn't have any two pigeons and they were scratching around just for a tenth of deal of fine flour and no doubt everybody's asking what's going to happen to clear their name. What's going to take place in order to take care of their... What's going to need to happen to take care of their sin? And society in the Old Testament would have to sit back on their heels for generations and thousands of years with bated breath wondering what in the world was that man going to do because he's not able to do anything. Hallelujah. Someone say glory. Pondering. I wonder what old Joe, what's going to be done for him? How much lower than a tenth of deal of flour can you go? What can the man bring that will take care of his sin? What qualification can be brought low to take care of his sin? Can it get any lower? 
but they'll have to wait for generations. They'll have to wait for thousands of years before the answer would come because it would not be in lowering the expectation of the man. As a matter of fact, the answer would not lie in what the man could bring or what the man could offer, but the answer would lie in not him doing itself, but someone God just got up and said, you know what, you couldn't, you weren't able to bring a lamb, you weren't able to bring a pigeon, you weren't able to bring the flower, and if you can't do it, I'm going to do it myself. I'm talking to a group of people this morning. You could have never brought the sacrifice that was necessary to atone for your sin, to atone for your infraction, to atone for your mess up. None of us could redeem ourselves. We would all need it coming down. Just another concession made, Lord. Just another concession made, Lord. But when it got as low as it could get, God said they can't do it. So I'm just going to come down and take care of it myself. Whenever God came down, he met the first prescription and he brought a lamb. They can't bring a lamb. They're not able to bring a lamb. If they're not able to bring a turtle dove, if they're not able to bring a tenth of a deal of eth of fine flour, if they're not able to bring that, then I'll come down and I'll become the spotless lamb they could never bring. In other words, if they can't do it, then I'll do it. If they can't redeem themselves, I'll become a near relative of theirs by making myself a body coming in the man of Christ Jesus. I'll have blood like they have blood. I'll have flesh like they have flesh. I'll submit myself to all the sorrows and the grief of humanity just like they are. I'll become a part of their family. And when they couldn't redeem themselves, I'll step in and say, I'm here and I'm going to pay the bill. I'll redeem. If they're not able, if they don't have the resources, I'll come in with the bounty of my resources and I'll take care of it. The great God of glory and his infinite wisdom was bringing mankind to the Old Testament to a juncture, to a place, society to a place to realize, you know what? It doesn't matter how many times he lowers this. For some, you'll never get to a place where they can't repair them. I want to bring society to that place that there is not a low enough requirement that he can bring forth to the people where they can satisfy their own redemption. For all of humanity to be encompassed in a plan that will take care of their infraction. And when they realize that no matter how low it got, it would never be low enough. And they started to understand this. You know what, Ben? I can't depend on my possessions. And I can't depend on what I have or don't have. And it left some of them in a state of hopelessness. <laughs> and perhaps if they couldn't find the answer among themselves, or in themselves, they would start looking for an answer beyond themselves. The lamb they didn't have, Christ said, is the lamb that I'll become. 
since they were not able, he showed up more than able. The Bible says, Ephesians 3 and 20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Paul McGee's not able. My flesh is not able. My worldly means and wealth is not able. But there's something that's inside of me that's more than able to do above what's been required, to do above what's even been asked for. And he has become the lamb I could never secure. He's become the spotless one that I could never secure in order that I might have life and have it more abundantly and relationship with the Almighty. Some would say he's able. He's able. Jude 1 24 said now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding. Did you see what that said there? It said that he can present you faultless. Why? Because he is able. You couldn't present yourself faultless even when concessions were made for you. But he's able to present you faultless because he's able. Say, that's right. That's right. The Bible tells us when Isaiah, one of the messianic prophecies, the prophecy of the suffering servant, as many would describe it, of Isaiah 53. And you read the verses of Scripture, and you understand very well as you read them, the suffering servant that they are talking about is the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes to verse number 10 where it denotes very plainly. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, speaking of that Christ child that would be born, that the Lord to bruise him, and he hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. All the way back at Isaiah. Isaiah's prophesying. In a day when people didn't have enough, were not able to bring a lamb, not able to bring a turtle dove, not able to bring fine flour. He says there's coming a day. A child's going to be born. The grief's going to be upon him. The sorrow's going to be upon him. And his very soul is going to be the sacrifice for humanity. His very soul is going to be an offering for sin. Well, you need a sin offering? You need a trespass? That's all right. There is one prescribed to come that's going to fit the bill, that's going to take care of the need. And the Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, then cleanseth us from what? Oh! Sin. Am I all right? Let me just read a few verses of Scripture. Leviticus and Hebrews tie each other together very, very well. You'll have a better understanding of Hebrews if you just read just a little bit of Leviticus, some of the sacrifices and the means of separation prescribed in Leviticus. If you'll just allow, I just want to read these because they're astounding. They are the story, if you will. They are the story of when a man is not able, what happens. The Bible says in Hebrews 7, verse 25, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercessions. 
for them. For such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. That's what we became because of him. Who needeth not daily this man as those high priests of the Old Testament. He doesn't have to offer up sacrifice after sacrifice. He doesn't have to go in as the old high priest of the Old Testament and offer up sacrifice for his own sins first and then for the people, the Bible says. But for this, he did once when he offered There was never another individual in the real true meaning of the verbiage that could redeem themselves except Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 24, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often. In other words, he's not doing it again tomorrow. Nor does he need to. Amen. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. He says, for then must we often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of him. Someone say amen. He says the requirement is you bring a lamb. And my mind goes all over the place when I consider Isaac and Abraham going up Mount Moriah and there's the fire and there's the wood, Isaac said. He said, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham's confident reply to his son, knowing what God had asked of him, but even that wouldn't have been enough. He said, the Lord himself shall provide a lamb. Do you realize today that in Luke 24, you put it up there, Luke 2 and verse 24, that whenever Jesus and whenever Joseph and Mary had Jesus Christ as their child, Mary gave birth to that child. Joseph is not the biological father. He said, that's just a stepdaddy, amen, to this boy. But here is Mary with this child. She has been overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. That thing has been conceived in her. She has went through the process of pregnancy, and she gave birth to that child. She's still in this time, amen, in the New Testament Scripture under Old Testament law. She had to wait those seven days for that child, amen, of the uncleansing, if you will, and then had to wait 33 days for the purification of herself. And then she had to enter the temple with what was required. But the Bible says she enters with two turtle doves and two pigeons. Because even she was not able to bring what was required. But little did she know when she stood there with two pigeons or two turtle doves. Because she was not able to bring it. Right next to that was the lamb that she needed. anybody's understanding what I'm saying today but when we stand in our position and poised in our place of being unable right in the middle of that there is someone that is able there is a lamb that is there afforded for our use stand with me today I'll close God has a means of taking man to a realization 
that there's nothing he himself can do to make the repair. That's what the whole Old Testament was all about. Bringing man to a conclusion. I can't do this. I can't do this. My riches can't do it. My looks can't. And there's nothing that I have within my means that can take care of what needs to be taken care of. He left him in that quandary in the Old Testament to bring him to the realization of the answer of the New Testament that everything that he lacked, he'll find in surplus in Christ. And he's still trying to hit the hammer home and even in the New Testament. The young rich man comes to him. He says, Lord, what must I do in order to inherit eternal life? He says, well, you keep the commandments. He said, well, which ones? Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. Shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Shouldn't commit adultery. All these different ones he went through. He says, Lord, all these have I kept from my youth up. Notice what the Lord did. He posed this because he wanted the man to think. He said, well, if you will be perfect, go sell what you have. Give it to the poor. The Bible says the man went away sorrowing because he had much possessions. The real crux of the matter is this. And, and sure, the Bible says in another place of Scripture that it's difficult for the rich to enter to the kingdom of God because they put their trust in their riches. But the crux of the story is this. Christ said, if, you're, if you'll be perfect, he wanted the man to realize, you can't do this on your own. You can't do this by yourself. It doesn't matter how low on the shelf I make it accessible. Trust in one that's outside of the situation. And when you're not able to bring the lamb, sir, and with your money, as much money and possession you have, and you could put down some cash to bring a lamb. And by all speculation of the priest, they say it's spotless, yet I have an eye that sees and knows all that goes beyond the surface, and I see that it's still flawed. Even your money could not ever secure a spotless lamb. And when you're not able to bring it, I'll become it for you. See, my life, whenever I look backwards, I see infraction. Remember what the scripture started out with there in verse 5? And if you have sinned in one of these things, I see me. I have check. I have check. I have check. But the only way I can get atonement, atonement is based upon sacrifice. But sacrifice is based upon the ability to bring. And it's all well and good until I get to my ability to bring and it's then that I come humbly to a Lord and I say here's what I got here's what I got God here's the flaws here's the mistakes here's all the inadequacies here's what I got and I give it to him and he says if you're not able I'm more than able that's the reason why and I close with this. I got to close. I understand that. But if you look at Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 1, the Bible says, Ho, 55 and 1, Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. 
come buy wine and milk without money, without price. What? Without money, without price. Wine, food, without money and without price. What are you telling me? I mean, who in the world's ever bought something without price? I have. I've received it. It's called something free, but it's without price only to me, but it costs somebody something. He says, if you're thirsty, come to the water. If you got sin in your life, bring a sacrifice. God, I'm not able. He says, I am. Hallelujah. This is not about really what you're bringing, but it's about what you're capable of receiving. Let's raise our hands in this place. I feel the anointing of God's presence here. I'm talking to people this morning. Real genuine humanity today. And with that being said, I know this. That every single one of us are not able. We're not able to bring what's been prescribed. We're not able to bring what has been required. And though God would make a thousand concessions for us, some of us would still come up many times, if not all, still not able. I'm asking you to trust in a power beyond yourself. I'm asking you to trust in a power outside, amen, of the spectrum of your own means and allow the spotless lamb, the lamb that John said, behold the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. When you're not able to bring a lamb, just trust in the lamb that has already went to Calvary. Trust in the lamb that has already been deemed spotless. These altars are open. Some said, some said into the sound of my voice, Pastor McGee, I've had sin. I've had trespass. I've had transgression. I've had iniquity. I want to be made at one with God. I want to make a, a repair of my wrong. I want there to be a cleansing of my mistake. I want to be in relationship with Him. Listen, sir, in order for atonement, there must be a sacrifice. But you can't do it. But you must trust in the one who did you got to trust in the one. Christ is here today. He's calling. He's beckoning one. He's beckoning perhaps two. He's pulling upon the heart of the mind of, a, of an individual today. I'm not able, God. Maybe that's come out your mouth. I know I've heard people in the times of my pastorate and ministry hear people say, but Brother McGee, I'm not able to do it. I can't do it. Those are your first words towards success. When you're not able, he says, I'm more than able. When you're not able, now it's unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. He is, he is, he is. Soldiers are open today. Oh, let's raise our hands. Come on, I feel the presence. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.